0: Since a huge focus of dressage training is teaching the horse to correctly use his back, it's no surprise that correct saddle fit is a very big piece of the training puzzle. For me, a mid-level adult amateur rider, saddle fit has become a hugely important topic to me, as I've battled a saddle fitting nightmare on my horse who seems nearly impossible to fit, and she also has grade 4 out of 5 kissing spine. Since I'm very far from a saddle fit expert myself, I've learned that it's easy to be led down the wrong road and you can find yourself making expensive and even harmful mistakes for you and your horse. Since most of us don't have the option to become master saddle fitters, the next best option is to educate ourselves as much as possible about how to align ourselves with the right people. In this episode of the Dressage Today podcast, Joachim Schleza of Saddle Fit for Life, joined me for an in-depth discussion about all things saddle related. We won't try to convince you why you need a particular brand or kind of saddle, but we will share some tips to help you assess saddle fit for your horse and yourself. We'll discuss common misconceptions about saddle fit, why you need to consider anatomy and physiology, and we'll also share some advice for tack maintenance, which includes a helpful tack cleaning hack that might surprise you. Jokin's Calling is teaching professionals around the world about saddle fit to improve the well-being of horses and riders. His lifelong study of the detrimental effects of poor saddle fit, the horse in motion, and equine development led him to develop SaddleFit for Life in 2006, a global network of veterinarians, trainers, physiotherapists, chiropractors, massage therapists, and saddle fitters dedicated to protecting horse and rider from long-term damage. He teaches the saddle fit for life principles and systems to riders and professionals so they can recognize and diagnose suspected saddle fit issues and find answers for rider concerns. His key saddle fit principles include avoiding negative reflex points on the horse's back and working with the biomechanics of the horse in motion for complete back freedom. Stay tuned for our conversation. Hey there, I'm Jennifer Malachi. And I'm Lindsay Paulson. We're the hosts of the Dressage Today podcast, where you can find us talking about anything and everything dressage related. Our conversations span the world of dressage, from leading riders to local level dressage heroes. We're talking training advice, horse care tips, and stories to inspire your own dressage journey. Tune in, then tack up. The topic of saddle fit is pretty complex. Choosing a saddle is often far more complicated than just spotting a picture of a saddle online and adding it to your cart. What makes it so complex?
1: What makes it so complex is that companies all want to sell their saddles, and they should. But there's a lot of opinion about saddle fitting. Some people say the saddle should sit two fingers over the withers and have even contact all the way from front to back another company says the saddle should bridge so the saddle shouldn't have contact in the middle so when the horse raises the back the saddle sits even front to back now that of course is very confusing if i'm a confuse, uh, if i'm a con- consumer and i would like to buy a saddle and i hear completely contradicting information that makes it very irritating also we have a, a huge huge change in demographics. We have baby boomers who start riding in the late 40s and 50s and didn't grow up with horses, so their horse knowledge is not there yet. And we have the majority of the riders now who are women, not men anymore. In the saddlery industry, saddles always have been made men, made saddles for men, and all the patterns and saddles are still majority for the male pelvis. So, if a rider buys a saddle and it's uncomfortable and the rider is a female and can't really find the right comfortable spot in the saddle, wiggles and moves around and all of a sudden, she puts her weight too far back. No, the saddle doesn't fit anymore. Now, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Does that saddle not fit the horse because the rider is wiggling too much on top? Or does the saddle fit the horse but it doesn't fit the rider and that's why the saddle doesn't fit the horse. So it's super complex, especially if there are so many different opinions. I think the best solution would be if people listen to the experts, people who studied the horse anatomy, physiology, biomechanics, and not just from the horse, understand also the biomechanics of a human. How does a human sits on the horse correctly? Does he sit like on the chair? in the saddle, or does he have a standing seat where his weight is on your bones? So I believe that the complexity is, is in the misinformation, and people who feel internal, ah, there's something not right, just sometimes go into this cognitive dissonance, which means they know deep down there's something not right, but my brain can't, deal with this so I'm gonna talk it nice I'm, I'm saying oh it's okay even though deep 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 down they know it's not okay the solution is to follow the experts now experts are also trainers especially in Germany they go through extensive amount of training three years journeyman and some of them become even the master trainers and when they teach somebody and they see the rider struggles with the horse They kind of gut feel know something is not right with the saddle. They call a saddle fitter or salesperson comes out and they fit the saddle. And after they bought a saddle, even with all the time the trainer was involved here, the horse and rider goes even worse. So together with the German National Riding School, we developed Saddle Fit for Life, developed a new branch, what's called Saddle Ergonomist. We want to tell people, stay away from saddle fitters, look for professional saddle ergonomist. What is a saddle ergonomist? Ergonomist, if you look in the Greek dictionary, means measuring a three-dimensional shape. And saddle, well, a saddle is three-dimensional. We also have an equine ergonomist, somebody who measures the horse and puts the three-dimensional shape from the rider, from the horse and the saddle together. So my advice, follow the experts. Additional, you can become an expert yourself. Educate yourself online. At the saddlefitforlifeacademy.com, you can learn and study as much as you want. Some is for free, some are small courses, some are big courses. And whatever you do, ask the questions make sure you ride before and after the adjustments and demand a gender-appropriate saddle. Only then you'll be able to solve this mystery and saddle fitting does not need to be so complex.
0: What are the consequences of riding in a saddle that doesn't fit?
1: Well, that is a pretty big question. If it doesn't fit the rider, it will never fit the horse. So let's say it fits the rider and all of a sudden the horse developed and now it doesn't fit the horse. The consequences is very simple because the horse is a flight animal. He will, or she, if it's a man, will always hide pain because if the horse shows discomfort, pain, gait abnormalities in nature, that means I will be eaten. So the horse will hide the discomfort as best as he can. If I as a rider don't check my saddle, I actually, unintentionally train the horse upside down. What does that mean? The horse will first tighten the back. With the tightened back, the hind leg can not come underneath. The horse will become very heavy in the hand, pushes the base of the neck, lands heavy on the front hand. And if the big joints up top, the shoulders, the SI joints don't work, then the small joints have to do all the work. And there you go. You have more problem than you anticipated. And it's just inevitable that the horse will go sooner or later lame. What else can be a problem when the saddle doesn't fit? Remember, a horse in the wild eats 17 hours a day. When a horse chews, it creates a saliva that saliva breaks down the acid in the stomach. Now, when you ride, I was always been taught in the first five to 10 minutes, the horse has to have foam in his mouth, and not with a fancy bit or with sugar cubes. Through my riding, so the horse is supple and soft, over the top line, over the back, through the pole, and I have to animate the horse to chew. If the horse doesn't chew, then the risk of ulcer and colics is way, way higher. So you don't see lameness, you say, oh, I'm a good rider, I can use my drawings, and you force the horse into a frame, the horse will not stay supple and has other psychological problems. As a horseman, a horsewoman, it's our duty to keep that horse always in a good spirit. Now, for a horse to go soft and round, that should not require a long warm up. If the horse comes right away, over the top line, you don't need to wait 20 minutes before the horse will go the way you like it. I've been told by veterinarians, it takes 20 minutes to ride the nerve numb before the horse fights your hands or your seat. So in the first 20 minutes, you can really quick tell if something is wrong. Don't wait too long.
0: What? are the most common signs that a saddle doesn't fit, both from an equipment standpoint and also from a horse behavior standpoint.
1: The equipment, um, you can see very quick, the saddle will slide forward or slide back. Saddle shifts or twist during riding. And when you finish riding, you take your saddle off and you can see the whole saddle, most of the time falls to the right. You can also see the saddle pad has super uneven wear marks and the saddle is very unstable doing riding. Now, while we want that saddle to move slightly away in the back, what I don't want the saddle to do is slap me on my bottom when I do my rising trot. So, equipment shows most of the time moving around the horse and throwing me out of balance. For the horse, it starts right when you girth him up. The saddle, the horse starts to swish with the tail, reaches over and bites you, doesn't want to stand at the mounting block and takes a long time to warm up. Fights your hand for the first 20 minutes because that's how long the nerves take to get numb. So the horse, again, as I mentioned earlier, is a flight animal, will do anything it can to, well, hide the discomfort or pain or um, unevenness. So these movements or the behavior at the mounting block or at girthing, that's already an extreme painful situation for the horse. So my recommendation, feel with your hand, is the horse coming round? Is the horse bending even left to right? And don't just say, oh, it's Monday, Monday the horse is always stiff. Or uh, today I have a, a female trainer and this horse hates females. I mean, this most of the time, it's very easy to get rid of the obvious, which is the equipment, what doesn't take long to hit a reflex points on the horse's back, what causes anything from dry mouth to tongue issues to pace to 4 b canter and irregularity you do not want as a rider.
0: What are some of the most common saddle fitting problems that you see?
1: The number one saddle fitting problem is, well, I quote, a famous saying from Major Stecken, it's a cavalry officer from Germany, he died at his age of 100. He always says richtig reiten reicht. In English means proper riding is enough. Because I can make an equipment always look bad when I don't have a smooth seat. If I have a cramped seat, if I'm pushing with my knees the saddle forward, if I'm Overly post-trotting or I'm pulling on the reins and pulling the saddle forward. I Think the most problem is that the rider does not have the gender appropriate saddle Statistics shows that we have over 95% of the English riders are women and over 80% of all saddles out there are male saddles companies who make saddles for male pelvis now if you listen to the medical doctors if you listen to people who understand biomechanics and how our body works and should work as a rider on the horse it doesn't take a rocket science to understand without a proper gender appropriate saddle it is impossible to have a pliable seat a pliable seat means that if you weigh 200 pounds with your equipment you ride as if you weigh 100 pounds you gotta ride soft With your pelvis, um, many, many people struggle with their sitting trot because they're not sitting over the center balance. That's another huge problem. And another big saddle-fitting problem is that the saddles from today are just too long. They interfere with the horse's scapular and the lumbar region. And due to the fact that a majority of the riders are women, and riding in the male saddles that protect themselves from not getting rubbed or shaved in the front. Riding with the thighs, riding off the back of the saddle too hard, which brings, of course, way too much pressure in the back. Now, this is not all about the bad, bad women. This is just the fact that the majority of the saddles are male saddles and women don't have enough choices to really, really try the same model in the male and in the female saddle. For her, for the rider, to instantly tell, same model, fitted for the horse, male one, female the other, how much softer the rider sits. So besides the non-gender appropriate saddle, the main problems are saddles are too long and saddles are way, way too narrow on the side of the withers.
0: What are some common misconceptions about saddle fit?
1: I would say it goes with the narrow tree, medium-narrow, narrow-medium. What is a medium tree? All these different uh, measurements, what saddle companies give uh, the riders to choose from. How do I, as a rider, know my horse needs a narrow tree or a medium tree? I think the most misconception is people are not aware that the saddle comes in the gullet plate in three major individual components. The one is the tree width. The easiest way to explain it is, it is from D-ring to D-ring, every side has a D-ring in the front. And if you would take a measurement and measure the distance from D-ring to D-ring, let's call that the tree width. That means how far are these two D-rings apart? The next one, is from the deering down approximately where the knee roll starts, or if it's a jumping saddle, the knee block. Okay, that's underneath the flap. That's approximately four inches long. That piece of metal of the gullet plate or of the tree—it's a tree angle. Now that can flare in or flare out. Let's compare the tree width with a helmet width. If I have a very wide head. My helmet needs to be relatively wide, left to right. The tree angle on the helmet would be how the helmet sits on my temple, on my side of my head. Does the helmet sit like a sombrero, flare away from the side? Or does it dig into my temple? So, all of us who have written in helmets understand, if the helmet doesn't fit in the width, I can't put it down, it just rolls around. If the tree width or the helmet width is too wide, I can't see because the whole helmet is on my head. If the helmet is proper in the width, but the side sticks out, every time I ride, my helmet would slide left to right. You see, some people when they're riding, the helmet sits sideways. So, the biggest misconception is that people don't understand that there's three major difference. Tree width, D-ring to D-ring. Tree angle, how the piece of metal or the tree in the front from D-ring to knee roll, angles, is it parallel to the shoulder? And the third, probably the most important, is the symmetry of the tree. Is it a symmetric tree or is it an orthopedic tree, which where one side is more open very often used in side saddles where the one side is more open. We also know, we also know that many people are right-handed, the majority. That means they are also left-handed people and very few are mid axed. Now, the majority of the horses are one-sided too. And we can look at the hoofs, how they grow. We can see some horses grow uneven. We can see where the, which side the mane falls. And I'm not talking about how I groom the mane, okay? How do, where does the mane fall naturally? How come on that horse the mane goes to the left? How come the mane goes to the right on this horses? Just like humans, they're one dominant. Horses have the same thing. And if you tree symmetry, it's not matching the asymmetric or the one-sidedness of the horse. The saddle will always twist, put massive pressure and torque on the lumbar sacral joint of the horse. And that is the biggest misconception out there. People do not know that you have an option of the tree width, tree angle, and symmetry of the tree.
0: Hey friends, the show will be back in just a few moments, but first I wanna tell you about something cool from Dressage Today. If you're an average dressage rider like me, you've only got a certain amount of time you spend in the arena each week, and it hardly ever seems to be enough. You know the struggle. Maybe you take weekly lessons, or you read books and articles. Well, you obviously listen to this podcast, and maybe you travel to clinics to soak up whatever you can. But if you're looking to take a deep dive into dressage training without ever leaving your couch, you need to check out Dressage Today On Demand. Learn from top experts in the sport of dressage with Dressage Today's complete video on-demand training resource. Whether you're looking to better your basics or you're polishing Grand Prix movements, Dressage Today's 3,000 plus training videos can help you reach those goals. Visit on to score a free trial. What are some things you should keep in mind as you shop for a saddle?
1: Number one, I would find a tack shop or a saddle ergonomist or an equine ergonomist who truly understands the physiology, anatomy, biomechanics of horse and the rider. I want to find a professional who understands and shows me and can prove to me that I have a choice between a male and female saddle where I can definitely choose it. Another thing I will definitely Uh, advice. Ask the person if it's a disposable or non-disposable saddle. The industry makes two types of saddles. Saddles that can be adjusted while your horse grows and other saddles that cannot be adjusted. Those saddles compare them with rubber boots. You can have rubber boots. They will never mold to the foot. You cannot restore them or repair them and you for sure cannot get the comfort that you get in the leather boot. The leather boot you can repair, you can resole, and it molds to your foot. Non-adjustable saddles are not meant to adjust. Sometimes they're plastic trees, sometimes they're wood trees. They are simple for one moment and if the horse changes, and that's my job as a trainer, I have to make that horse wider, stronger through the back, bigger through the shoulders, That means I need to buy another saddle. That's why the industry makes non-disposable saddles. I want you to buy as many saddles as possible. If you don't have that much money to constantly buy a new saddle, or you're a person who don't want to hurt the horse because now your horse got bigger, but your saddle can't be adjusted, then I recommend find a company, a saddle ergonomist, equine ergonomist who can explain the true adjustable saddle. A true adjustable saddle has to be adjustable independent in the tree width and the tree angle and the cemetery. There's many saddles who were there called adjustable, but they're not adjustable in the stuffing. They're not adjustable in the billets. They're not adjustable in the gullet. They're not adjustable in the length. And, of course, not adjustable in the three compartments in the front of the saddle, the gullet plate. One more time, the gullet plate has to be adjustable on three components.
0: Saddles come in a huge range of prices. Do you always get what you pay for? And what advice do you have for riders who are on a really strict budget?
1: Yes, I see saddles anywhere from $150, super, super inexpensive, and saddles which cost more than 15 18 I think the most expensive Western saddle I've ever seen was 23000 US dollars. So that's a lot of money for a saddle. So, if we talk about an English saddles, I see English saddles anywhere from a couple hundred dollars to nine thousand dollars. So, no, unfortunately, you don't get always what you pay for because I know there's a lot of saddles out there which cost over three thousand dollars up to eight thousand dollars who are absolutely not adjustable. Now, if you are a horse person. Who loves the horse and wants only the best and understand that the horse to training, to proper riding, will expand and you understand obviously my equipment needs to be adjusted, then if you don't have a lot of money, do not buy a saddle for 3000 or $8,000 what cannot be adjusted. My advice to you, get a saddle get a saddle what can be adjusted. The adjustable saddle again, only is Truly adjustable on seven points, minimum seven points, like I mentioned just briefly. And you can get those saddles in the pre-loved stage, in other words, used saddles. And those saddles, they range anywhere from $1,000 to same price range, $8,000. So my advice, if you don't have a lot of budget, get a gender appropriate saddle, it has to fit you first, boy or girl, and get a saddle can truly be adjustable in seven spots on the saddle, three on the tree, the rest through the flocking, the gullet, the length, and the, well, gender appropriate.
0: There are so many saddle fitters out there who claim to be experts, but often fall short or aren't able to effectively do the job. How do you tell a good saddle fitter from a bad saddle fitter? And what are some tips to help find someone who is good?
1: The first thing I recommend, ask the saddle fitter, where did they get their certification? Also ask, is there a necessary recertification? Ask the saddle fitter, what do they know about the anatomy of the horse and the anatomy of the rider? Ask the saddle fitter, If they are able to give you the option to try a male and a female saddle for your horse. Ask the fitter if they can adjust the saddle right there in front of you and watch them work and ask them to also watch the horse go before he adjusts the saddle and after he adjusts the saddle. Ask him if the saddle fitter is a rider. Ask him if he understands what you mean the horse is leaning heavy on my outside rein. Ask him, what does it mean the horse is not coming through? My biggest pet peeve is the insane amount of uneducated opinions on saddle fitting out there. It got so bad that I actually was hired by the German National Riding School to help the professionals to identify to identify the self-proclaimed saddle fitters or to make sure which saddle fitting school has the right philosophy the right approach so together with the german national riding school week as i mentioned before came up with a new type of saddle fitters we hate the term saddle fitters because it's saddle selector saddle stuffer saddle salesperson well The majority of people who want to do it, they want to do it right. But wherever they've been hired, they've been told, this is how you stuff my saddle, or this is the saddle I want you to sell. But a true good saddle fitter, a true good saddle fitter, does it to feed his soul. Ask them why they do what they do. As I work together with the. German National Riding School to develop the saddle ergonomist and the equine ergonomist. We very quick, very quick notice that the majority of the companies do not want to make saddles but can be adjusted constantly to the ever changing horse's back. They don't want to give the rider the option of a male or female saddle. So that's. While I decided the SaddleFitForLifeAcademy.com to give this information for free. There's a huge YouTube channel. You can also you can also have small little courses or go all the way through and become an ergonomist yourself. But my advice how you find one, go on SaddleFitForLife.com. Look at the videos. Choose yourself. It is very logical. It's the anatomy of horse and rider. And then you ask your saddle fitter, you choose, you select the questions I mentioned before. Are they a rider? Do they understand the rider's language? And are they watching you before and after they adjust the saddle? Yes or no? That's the way you find the best and hopefully the right equine ergonomist and saddle ergonomist.
0: What are some important things people need to keep in mind after they purchase a saddle, such as care, maintenance, refitting appointments, etc.?
1: Well, a saddle is something super, super personal for a rider. It actually takes the shape of the rider's bottom. The seat will mold to my seat, my leg finds the right groove, and the saddles mainly are made out of leather. Yes, there's some saddles made out of synthetic, but the majority saddles made out of leather. The number one, the number one I always recommend is look after your saddle. The leather likes to be stored in an area just like where you are comfortable. You don't like to be kept or live in a super cold, cold, cold room, and you don't like to be in a super, super hot room. You also don't like a lot of moisture, so. If you have a tack room, make sure it's heated or, and it has a condition. Leather is cow skin and cow skin has a lot, a lot of moisture like human skin. After it's been tanned, it still has 5% water. Leather hates acidic and basic. You find that in soap and in sweat. Make sure that you never leave soap in your leather. Never. You don't leave soap on your body. You don't leave it on the... Uh, dishwasher on the car and the laundry, you always rinse the soap. Yeah, but it's special leather soap. Yes, the special leather soap is created so you don't take all the chemical solution the tannery puts in the leather, but it's still soap which is very acidic, which loosens the basic from the sweat. So, sweat is something what rots the leather from the inside out. Soap. If you put the soap and the sweat together, increases the breaking of the leather from the inside out. What the leather needs is just like your skin. Moisture. So what you do, if you don't like to clean saddles the way I don't like to clean saddles, don't wait until the sweat is baked into the leather. Wipe it off with a wet sponge. And while the leather is open with pores, with the water, open the pores of leather. Use Animal grease in poor country they use goat grease, goat fat. I meant goat fat is the best for leather, but the industry has of course something in the can for you, which calls leather balsam. It's an it's a leather fat. It's it, it's yeah, it's a fat, and that leather cream or fat you put on the saddle with your hand, you rub it in. Oil I only recommend oil of the girth or on the saddle bottom, on the sweat flap. The reason why it's called sweat flap because the most sweat glands on the horse on the sides. So make sure you clean that sweat flap, wash the sweat off. You can put oil on that side and underneath on the leather panels. It's not the oil what rot stitches. It is the soap and the sweat. If you put oil on top, we use a lot of glue In the seat, in the tree, in the foam, if you use oil on top, it will dissolve the glue and then everything gets too wobbly. That is the maintenance of the saddle. In terms of fitting, the saddle will fit you better and better the longer you have it, but the horse, unfortunately, will never stay the same three-dimensional shape. It is absolutely vital that you do not wait too long check your saddle three to four times a year. That doesn't mean you need to get professionals out there, but you want to check, is the saddle balanced? Is the saddle sitting straight? Did the saddle move forward? If you don't know how to check, go on the saddlefitforlifeacademy.com, go on the YouTube channel from schlese.com. There is a lot of, lots of, lots of uh, information. You know how you can check it. If you say, I don't want to do it, call the professional out. Don't call just anybody out. Make sure you have the right person, like I mentioned earlier. Get a saddle ergonomist or an equine ergonomist. They will help you. The saddle will become a second part of you. But the horse, if you understand the nature of the animal, will change the shape all the time. So it's your duty to make sure you don't hurt your horse and The saddle needs to be checked and refitted, unfortunately, all the time. If you don't want to check and fit it, it's your prerogative, but the saddle will start deforming, twisting and, of course, hurting the horse.
0: If you want to learn more about Jochen Schleser and Saddle Fit for Life, visit saddlefitforlifeacademy.com. Just a quick note that the four is actually the number four. Uh, You can also send questions to info at schlaza.com or you can email julia at saddlefitforlifeacademy.com. Again, remember to include the number 4 in saddlefitforlifeacademy.com. Thanks for listening to the Dressage Today podcast. You can learn more from Dressage Today and read in-depth training articles at dressagetoday.com. Or you can visit our new training video site, Dressage Today On Demand. To learn more, visit ondemand.dressagetoday.com. And for daily dressage training tips and advice, give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. Happy riding! This podcast was produced by Jennifer Malachi and Lindsay Paulson. And it's also hosted by Jennifer Malachi and Lindsay Paulson still listening don't forget to leave us a review and tell your friends about our podcast if you have feedback or you'd like to be a guest on our show shoot us an email at dressagetoday at aimmedia.com the dressage today podcast is a production of the equine podcast network an entity of active interest media and the equine network